plug it back in. Dear Hollow Heroes. Very high maintenance. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just what? Can, What's can wrong, you try Rob? one more time? Rob, what is wrong? My laptop doesn't like to charge at all. Uno mas? Uh, yeah, uno mas, please. What did Beaton say? We are having technical... Yeah, no, that's not working either. We are having technical difficulties to lead off the show. Rob, what's wrong? Oh, there we go. Thank you. Really? Uh, my laptop charger wasn't working, but now it is. Oh, well, can I get to my intro finally? Before no. you rudely interrupted? Well, I was working on this, and you just decided to start the show. What a Sunday for the pod, guys! We had a pod sweep! The Ravens, the Pats, and the Giants, all with upset victories. There's so much for us to discuss with the World Series, and finally, we have to recap that crazy UFC 294. As always, I'm with Meek Man Liam Meekum. What is going on, guys? And Rose Pierre Rob Kelly. How we doing? Alright, let's get right into the first story. The World Series is around the corner now, guys. After the ALCS ending with the Rangers coming out on top, bye-bye Astros. Sorry, but I I can't. I've been waiting since what 2020 to be able to say that. Bye-bye Astros. Jeez, I'm crow. And the NLCS now coming down to a game seven. Who do we think will come out on top of the ring after game seven? Well, Jesus Crow, I don't know. Who's Jesus Crow? <laughs> Who is winning game seven tonight? Phillies on three, or... ready? One, two, three. Diamondbacks. Whoa, we're split here. Plead your cases for game seven. I'm the judge. The de- plaintiff, Liam Meekum, says the Diamondbacks will win the NLCS, and the defending NLCS NLCS champ fan, Rob, will be defending the Phillies. Plaintiff, what is your opening statement? Go ahead. Welcome to Sports Court. He, he said you to. He told you to go first. You're the plaintiff. Oh, oh, okay. I thought okay. It made so much more def- more sense that the defendant would be the defending champ. Well, yeah, but I just don't have MLB app open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so defendant, what is your opening statement? Oh, Fat's on the mound. His yeah. name's Fat, dude. He's winning. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with. There are more players with the clutch gene on the Phillies, like Castellanos and Harper, who are just. That good. You're right. That clutch gene did show up last night where uh, Schwarber, Harper, Castellanos, Trey Turner all had hits. Oh, wait, they didn't. None of them had hits. Clutch game six, no one had a hit. Diamondbacks came out hot. I like the Diamondbacks staying hot in a hostile crowd. I'm going Diamondbacks. Defendant? You're not going to put any input here? I'm the judge. So we're just going to go back and forth? Okay. Uh, the the Phillies bullpen has been pretty much lights out the entire series. Most of the runs that the Diamondbacks have been getting has been from the starting pitching, not from the relievers. And I wouldn't be surprised if the starting pitcher has a very short leash today so they can go to that bullpen. And they're going to use every pitcher they can. Like Craig Campbell? Besides Craig Campbell. Why? Because he's the one reliever that's been bad for them. Plaintiff, any other arguments? No, I mean, Ranger Suarez's uh, ERA has been good in the postseason. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's it's been, but so is so is Fats. I don't know. I like it. I like the uh, I like the Diamondbacks staying hot, giving us a little uh, Cinderella story, kind of like the Phillies did last year. Um, I don't know. He's they're like, going. They're, they're not winning the whole thing. The Rangers are winning the whole thing. 
the right. Phillies want it more, so they're going to win. Phillies want it more. They just went last year. No, they want the ring more. I don't know, man. I don't As know. The judge has made this decision. Based on the arguments I have been presented here this evening, I am going with the Philadelphia Phillies well, yeah, that's, seven. That's the easy answer. That is well, because what are they of, in Vegas? the bullpen is stronger. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Phillies. What are the odds on this game? I don't know. But I, I want to say that's... I would say the Phillies are definitely the favorite. This is the first ever installment of Sports Court. <laughs> Was this planned? No. <laughs> and uh, tell me if you guys like Sports Court. We'll have it more structured next time. But uh, this Sports Court was brought to you by our laundry machine. Oh, my gosh, can someone turn it off, please? The New England Patriots defeated the Buffalo Bills 29-25 to in a dramatic comeback by both teams. Josh Allen disappeared for the majority of the game besides a touchdown drive to put them into one score. The second touchdown coming off of a turnover. The Miami Dolphins lost the Eagles 31-17 in a mostly close game until the very end. But the Finns only put up one score on offense, one touchdown on offense. Which of these teams are more worrying after this week? The Bills, who play down to their competition, or the Finns, who haven't beaten a team above 500 in over a year? I'm fairly concerned about both. The Bills has always been a problem. They always play down to competition. They've been doing it all season. They've been doing it for pretty much all of Josh Allen's career. I don't put this one on Josh Allen. His offensive line sold for him bad. He was under pressure a lot of that game. Um, and he did finally get enough time to march him all the way down the field at the end there, but it was too little too late. Um, and the Patriots are always good for you know an upset. They're a well-coached team with talent. Um, even though they're not the best team, especially on paper, they're good for one of these, two of these a season. Um, the Eagles and Dolphins game. The Eagles are just one of the best teams in the league this year, last year, probably next year too. It's hard to say when you put up a decent game like that where the refs aren't always on your side by the se- how it seems. And... It's you sure you're not beating above 500 teams isn't a great record, but also losing to the best or one of the top three teams in the league, you can't necessarily kick yourself for that too much. True, um, but they did get beat convincingly by Buffalo. They did. But where I can't fault them is they're they're not getting touched by teams below them. They're always playing their brand of football. It's fast. It's tough to defend. The Eagles just, you know, they found it. They had a very good defensive plan going in. Um, they locked up pretty much everybody but Tyreek. But, I mean, no Waddle for a good portion of the game. A-Chain was out. Um, and they shut down the run for the first half. It was bad. I think they had negative seven rushing guards all first half. It was really bad. But they found it, you know, towards that second half. But it's hard to win a game when you start out like that. My thing is... is- I'm more concerned about the Bills after this game, and it was for more reason of, again, I feel like the Dolphins get a lot of, okay, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal after this game. The team they face, the situation they were dealt, I think that they are very, they need to have more consistency on the offensive side. I feel like it's either all or nothing kind of offense for the Finns. But what they have and the way they're constructed, I think that their team is just fine. They're a playoff team that probably won't make it too far. Like, the maybe AFC Championship is the highest I see them going. You don't think they can go to the Super Bowl? They're too, they're too all or nothing. They could, 
but it's just not. I don't know. When they they're clicking, easy, they're unstoppable. They, they could be as easy as on fire to go to the Super Bowl and could be as easy as wild card exit. They're I agree, that, but to say they, that up and down. to say they can't make it far is a I little see, crazy. I see AFC Championship game as being like the, the ceiling. Not the ceiling. They could make. They could win the Super Bowl as their ceiling. But so you can't say AFC Championship. I see game AFC is the Championship farthest. game is the is where I real my personal feeling is how far they could go. Okay. Not not their ceiling, but their how far they could go. But I feel like the Finns get a lot. The Bills. Man, they almost lost to the Giants with Tyrod Taylor. They almost they lost to the Patriots. They almost lost numerous times. They lost to Zach Wilson. M- mind you, not they didn't lose to Zach Wilson now. They lost to a Zach Wilson that thought he was the backup. Yeah. So that's bad. Josh Allen has been near not existent in the first half of most of these games. Yeah. Besides Raiders and Finns, he's been not alive. Like, I don't know where he went in the first half of the game. It's almost like he believes he's in that AFC divisional game against the Chiefs all the time, where he needs to make this amazing comeback drive. But when you try to make those amazing comeback drives, you come down with a lot of picks, a lot of failures, because you're really making risky, bold moves, which is really good because he's really good at it. Ergo that comeback against the Pats. Ergo their second half against the G-Men. It works, but it can lead you into a lot of holes that – in the first half, you don't need to do that. You need to be steady, consistent. And it's just, I, I think it's concerning. Because the Bills team are now riddled with injury. They need their quarterback, and he doesn't show up in the first half. Now they're 4-3. and three. They're injury-ridden. What happens next? The Finns have a good lead now. Yeah. And it's, it's a strong a AFC. That was a must-win game for both the Patriots and the it's Bills. It's not a must-win. For now... Because no. the Finns lost to the Eagles. They had the Finns-Eagles matchup. That was a chance. We overuse must-win. It's not a must-win It's also game. too early in the season They're to fall They're still 4-3. and three. They're probably going to make the playoffs. They could easily win out the rest of their schedule. 4-3 and three and 5-2 and two are a lot different records looking at it. You say must-win like they had to win. There's no way. It's a must-win. You're facing a team that you could put away for the rest of the season. It no. was an easy game when you look at it before this week. Easy game. Who thought the Patriots were even going to be competitive in that game? No, and the fact that they even not let alone made it close, and in fact, at the end of the day, lost. And this is not from a Patriot fan perspective. This is from a they should not have lost that game. Agreed. And now you're now put in a position where now Miami, who is up there, most likely going to lose. Now they're in a position. What is your definition of must win? A game where standings could be differentiated, and you have a chance to put yourself in a good position. And that is a good Standings position. could be differentiated in week one. They can be different. That can be they any could, week. But that puts you with first in the division. It's now an important game. It's not a must-win game. Well, every game is technically a must-win game. for. No, it's not. Yeah, they You are. can't call every game a must-win. So win. if they lose the division by one game, you're going to sit there and be like... Oh. Can they lose next week and still go to the Super Bowl? Of course they can. So it's not a must-win game. Well, well, obviously, it's not like life or death, but in the situation That's what like a must-win game is. You're in a completely competitive game now with the Miami Dolphins. You're in a completely competitive situation. Every game you lose is pivotal. Yeah. Because if it's down to one game for a bye week or one game for a home game, they are going to look back at this Patriots defeat. See, the, see, if the Dolphins go back and they're like, oh, we lost to the Eagles, that's why we lost the division. That's not a big deal. You lost to the Patriots, and imagine they lost to the Giants that are now 3-4. and four. Then you go back... You go on this hot streak that's probably inevitable for Buffalo, and they lose the division by one game, they're going to be 
like yeah, they're upset. gonna be upset. Exactly. So they this can is a game still win won. the whole thing. It's should have won. You're making your path so much more difficult. So you really should win this game. You can They're standing. Every the Dolphins game. are That's five and two, and the Bills are four and three through and seven weeks. Th- for, so a one game difference, and this one is a must win game. This isn't a baseball game where you have like 161 Do you different think ones. I don't to make know up that. For it. There's 17 of them. They all matter. What if Tua goes down next wins. week? What? what if Tua goes down next week? Was it still a must win game? What if the Dolphins go over for the rest of the season? Was it a must win game then? Yeah, they're all must wins. You're acting as if like all these situations could be crazy. All right, we, and all stuff. we can't keep arguing about this. We're taking too much time. You guys are crazy. This, Ra- this Ravens Lions game sense. was a must win. Yeah, exactly. What? It's, this Ravens Lions game was a must win. Because so. what if they lose to the Packers by in the division by one game? On paper, they should have beat the Ravens. Yeah, they'll come back. So it was a must win game. Win. They're all must wins. So every game every week is a must win game. There's 17 of them. You're dang right they are. No matter what your record is. Doesn't make any sense. You know what? If I'm 16 and 0 and the next best team is 14 has 14 wins, I can't lose that game otherwise I won't have the best record anymore. Right? Well, actually no, it's a must win mathematically you're... that's not true. Oh, so it's not a must win. Well, you would still have one more win. Yeah. So you'd still have the best record. Yeah. So it, I mean it, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a must, must win. win. Well, it would be a must win. You want the perfect season. I mean, come so on. you just use must win for everything? Every game is a must win. Every game is a must win. Okay, well let us know what you think in the comments. Please. Please DM us that Ben is wrong. <laughs> Alright, whatever. But, staying into football, uh, it wasn't just the Patriots and the Dolphins and the Bills, the AFC's drama this week. There was a lot of NFC's drama. Well, the Eagles, they had a good week. But, uh, we had a little drama over in the NFCs with the Washington Commanders facing the New York Giants. But it's not about the Commanders falling to the horrible New York Giants. It's the fact that the Giants didn't look horrible. And the fact that the Giants didn't look horrible with their backup quarterback. Guys, I don't want to overreact, okay? I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to stay composed. And I'm going to say the Giants are back on track to getting to the Super Bowl. Now, can I ask the question first? Yes, this was a must-win game. <laughs> that it really was actually for you. Uh, when you're one and five, every game's a must-win game for real, though. Anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, bite the tongue. <laughs> this man uses the word "must-win" like a fish needs water to survive. All right, anyway, um, dude, I can't even get to my question now because I'm too busy on the must-win. Is Tyrod better than Daniel Jones? No. Um, the question was, do you think that Tyrod Taylor should be the starting quarterback so, over Daniel Jones? <laughs> so, so yes, so yes, my the question was right. You just wanted to you ask. You interrupted it. me. How do I slightly rephrase this so I don't ask the same exact question? Would you like to go first or can I? Because I'm going to take a while. Go go right ahead. Okay. This is your team. So yeah, no, I had smoke coming out of my ears watching Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. I, I mean, aside from mismanaging two goal line situations against the Bills. Either one would have won us the game. He's played better. He's made better decisions. He's gotten the ball out quicker. He's thrown the ball away. He's slid instead of led with his head. He's looked a lot better, and he knows when to tuck and run. He knows. He just knows the offense better. So I have a, you know various stats to back this up. Uh, Daniel Jones has been pressured 46% of his dropbacks, which is crazy. 46% of the time he's pressured. His pressure to sack uh, percentage is 30 
Tyrod Taylor was pressured 43% of the time. Very close. Very, very close percentage. His pressure to sack percentage? Half. 15.8. He takes sacks way less. Sacks are a huge part of the game. Takes points off the scoreboard every time you get sacked. Just moves your offense back and back and back. That being said, Daniel Jones, when his pocket is kept clean, his uh, pass rating, 83.2. Tyrod Taylor, when kept clean, 76. So when Daniel Jones has a clean pocket, he's a better passer. Slight, but he's a better passer. Under pressure, Daniel Jones's pass rating goes down to 40.6. Less than half. Tyrod Taylor drops four points at 72.8. It's not even close. Now, on 40-something percent of those snaps, you're telling me it's acceptable that Daniel Jones has a 40.6 passer rating? Not even close. Tyrod Taylor, 40% of the snaps can manage the game better. That's a huge part of the game. He's not taking sacks. He's throwing the ball away. He's getting the ball into the hands of playmakers. It's ridiculous to watch, and I see it every week with Daniel Jones. Now, Tyrod Taylor threw two and a half weeks. 583 yards, two passing touchdowns, zero interceptions. Daniel Jones threw four and a half weeks, 884 yards, two passing touchdowns, six interceptions. One more thing. Daniel Jones has been sacked on 14% of his dropbacks this year. Tyrod Taylor, 6% of his dropbacks. Daniel Jones has been pressured after this week, 46% of his dropbacks. Tyrod Taylor was pressured a lot this week. His percentage went up, 48%. Now he's getting sacked 6% of the time on 48% pressure. Daniel Jones is getting sacked 14% of the time on 46% pressure. It's a big difference as well. Getting sacked a lot more. It's a real problem, and yes, I think Tyrod Taylor should be the starting quarterback of the New York Giants. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a lot. The thing that I think is really interesting about the whole situation is something that really helped Daniel Jones secure the contract this offseason from the Giants was his ability to be mobile last year. Yep. And the fact that he's being sacked even more can't get under out of bad situations, and he can't be mobile anymore. It's like he forgot that's what he was good at last year. And don't get me wrong, when he tucks and runs, one of the best at it. He really is. But the problem is, that's not how you play quarterback. If that were how you play quarterback, Justin Fields would be one of the best p- players in the NFL. Yeah. We know how much you love him. Oh, my God. They won without him this week. Did we see that? Yes. Yeah, a yeah. D2 quarterback can win a game. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. As long as you pass the ball, you can do it. <laughs> Who would have thought? Passing the ball sometimes works in football. He also beat out P.J. Walker, who's 2-0. For the Bears' backup position. P.J. Walker, Brown? He, yeah, but he beat out P.J. Walker for uh, on the Bears. Yeah. That's why P.J. Walker became a Brown. But I think you're right. I think Tyron Taylor is way more efficient, and I think Daniel Jones is not the, the, uh, he's not the answer. No, but now we, have, we just paid him $40 million a year, and we can cut him, I think, in, after the next year... For like a twenty million cap hit, yeah, that's what oh. it is. I remember looking at his contract the other day. I mean, there's no way, there's nowhere to go now. We dug ourselves such a hole that we have to ride with this guy because Tyrod Taylor will be out of the league in three years. He's getting old, and he's been hurt so many times. 
And now we're we're forced to to go back to Daniel have Jones. Daniel Jones. The mediocrity continues. Ugh. I just at least uh, your defense is looking good. Yeah, it's looked good. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau's playing well, and Deontay Banks has been impressive. Nobody really talks about him, but he's he's been impressive. I think that yeah, I I I don't know what you guys you guys are in a hole here. It's really unfortunate. But you know who's not in a hole and having a great time and has an MVP candidate quarterback and also dismantled Stephen A. Smith's number one team last week and also the team that had the best record coming into the second half of last season, the Ravens, and they beat the Lions, who were, was projected as one of the top teams. Stephen A. Smith's season. top team. Yeah, going into the week. He's just picking people just because. Yeah. He said he said his reason for the Chiefs this week was because, because Taylor Swift. Really? That was his first reason. Huh. Interesting. There's more to it, but... That's... I don't think Stephen A. Smith knows anything about sports. Besides maybe basketball. I like it. Call him out. Yeah, because he's going to listen to this. He will. As long as his name is mentioned, he listens. <laughs> We're going to tag him. Anyway, uh, how, how do you feel about the Ravens right now? I'm feeling really good because this is one of the first times where I've gotten to see Lamar Jackson properly stay behind an O-line without, you know, it crumbling behind him and him running all about because the defenders are coming after him rather than just running around because no one's open. It's giving him more time in the pocket. It's also giving the receivers more time to get open. And that's what made him so dominant against the Lions. And the defense, like always, looks phenomenal. Did you see that one pass to Nelson Aguilar, uh, the touchdown pass? Yes. With his legs and the O-line blocking, he created like almost 10 seconds of, uh, of time in the pocket. Yeah. Crazy. He... With 10 seconds, how could you not get open? I mean, any receiver. Oh, it was funny. He was doing his route, and Aguilar turned and just saw that Lamar still had yeah. the ball, and he just started running across the end zone again. He probably and, couldn't believe it. Yeah, and then he got open. And there was also a great pass to Zay Flowers. I don't know if you saw that one. That uh, was, was earlier in the game, but they're, they're just looking really good. They're they starting are. to all click. And, and you know what's funny? They've been one of the most injured teams in football, and they're still playing this well. They have the second best uh, point differential in the league. Yeah, that's. I mean, they're doing good. Surprisingly, number one is Buffalo. Really? Yeah, I just pulled it up right now. Huh. Uh, last is the Giants. I figured since I have it up, I'd say it. Really? Yeah. Second to last, Patriots. Where are the Broncos? The Broncos. They got blown out by fifty one game. I'd imagine they have to be down there. Broncos are fourth worst. Wow, yeah, Panthers are in there in the middle of New England and Broncos. Yep. Huh. Well, that's sad news. But the Ravens look great. Lamar looks great. The defense with uh, Patrick Queen just going crazy all over the field. It's just amazing to watch. Yeah. I'm so ready for the rest of this season. Yeah, I, no, you, I mean, you guys, you got potential to uh, to go all the way this year. It's a It's a well-constructed team, just... Biggest thing with the Ravens, just like every year, is staying healthy. Are they going to get hurt? So far, the defense has been good, and they so, lead the league in sacks. And I think that Lamar is doing really well. Uh, the memes that uh, put him in the pocket, he's Peyton, and leave him outside. He's Michael Vick. is so funny. I think that uh, there's a lot of cool things with that. Uh, I also, think our that, schedule's not the worst either. <laughs> what is it? 
looking at it, we go Cardinals, Seahawks, then we go Browns, Bengals, then Chargers, Rams, Jags, 49ers, Dolphins, Steelers. The 49ers, Dolphins back to back is probably going to be the hardest stretch. And honestly, you got Bengals, Chargers, Rams, Jags. Those are all tough games. They are. They're, they're all winnable, but they're all tough. And then you got to play the Niners and Dolphins, and then Steelers are a divisional rival. Steelers are never easy because they just want to beat the Ravens. Yeah. That's not the easiest schedule I've ever seen. No, but I've seen harder in for other teams yeah. already this year. Yeah. I I like I like the Ravens. I think that they have a great legitimate shot and they're leading the uh they're leading the most difficult division in my opinion. I think that is the toughest division to win in. No. Really AFC East. No longer. The AFC East, the Patriots aren't doing well. The Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And the, the Bills have looked really beatable recently. Yeah. And the Finns are very. Yeah, I guess you could say it's, I think it's the North. AFC North until Aaron Rodgers comes back. But I think the I think the East is just so top heavy. The East is on the rise, but uh, again, they started out the leading candidate. Then I think the North took over, and I think the East has a chance to take it back. If the Patriots start playing well again, and the, and Aaron Rodgers come back, I think I give it back to the East. But NF- right now it's the NFC North. East. You could throw in there, and NFC West. NFC you could throw East? in there. Commanders are solid team. You guys kill it. No offense. Yeah, I know. But one team's, uh, one team is always going to be bad in the division. But the bad team has and to then be the least West, okay to be the best. The Cardinals are there, but then they have the Niners, they have the Rams, and they have the Seahawks. I think who's the best worst team in the division? The Bengals. The well, Bengals the Browns are, the are worse. The Browns are They third. have a better worker. record. Third. Yeah, they have a better record. They have the record. best defense in the NFL. Are the Browns better than the Bengals? No, but, they're, but okay, they won. So then let's they not, beat the Bengals. But let's not pretend. They beat the Bengals. But let's not pretend they're better. Did they not beat the Bengals? And do they not have the best division uh, defense in the league? Let's no, not. They don't. The Ravens better. do. The Browns have the better defense. I'm sorry. Have you uh, seen Miles Garrett, dude? Miles Garrett's crazy. Name one player in the Browns secondary. Denzel Ward. Wow, that was yeah. You're right. <laughs> He's like crap. He's good too. I just didn't think you would get him. <laughs> He's like crap. <laughs> but basically, Rob's having a good time over there. Yeah, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, just the linebacker duo team. is amazing. They might be the second best duo compared to Greenlaw. And, uh, I was going to say, yeah, you got to go for the Niners. Uh, but, I mean, I think it's really good. Uh, their defense is fun to watch. Of course, Lamar is always fun to watch. Your running backs are just so fluid. It doesn't matter who's the running back on that True. team. They all do well. Which is a fantasy nightmare. It's Who cares if you're a Ravens fan? Just don't draft a Ravens running back. Yeah. Uh I the only person that's been a dud so far is really Odell, but who cares? Zay Flowers is doing great. It's not even that he's been doing bad. He just hasn't gotten a lot of targets when he's on the field. No, I'll tell you who was a dud is, is Bateman. It has been Bateman. Bateman's, he was a first-round pick. He was, and he's, I don't know if it's because there are more options for Lamar to look to that he's not going to Bateman, but he's got almost no targets. I, I thought it was a concern last year when he ended up coming back and he didn't do anything. And I was like, you know what? He's just he's a young guy, just got hurt, feeling his way back into the league, but he stinks now. We know. I I think there's still some hope for him, but yeah, no, it's I'm glad we have Zay Flowers now. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to the next topic, which is the next sport, is the UFC. And the fight card really kinda came down to two fights. And it really was interesting, to say the least. Let's start with the first one. Usman and Chimaev. Usman was on the ground fighting for his life early. 
but was able to settle into the fight and come round two, and he had a good round three, but ultimately lost via split decision. Then in the main event, it was not that long of a fight. Islam Makachev put Volk away quickly with a great kick to the forehead, giving the Aussie the good old smash to end the fight in the first round. Which win was more impressive, and which loss was more damaging after Saturday? I think I don't think either win was eye-opening, because I think we knew both fighters what they were capable of. These are two really good fighters. What was more concerning is that these formerly dominant champions, and they were both considered at one point the pound-for-pound pound best fighter on the planet. Um, and they both ended their reigns at almost the same exact time. And uh, it's just, it's crazy how quickly fighting can switch. Like, dominance in the sport can just change on a dime. And we saw Usman, I mean, not even come close to getting knocked out. And Volk was just dominating opponents. And then it, it just feels like you just know they're not going to get that statement win and they're not going to get back to that championship caliber. I mean, there's a shot. But it's like when fighters start to decline, it's rapid and it's it's almost sad to watch. Yeah, I if I had to pick one, I'm gonna go with Volk just because it's the same fight again, and it was even shorter this time. Yeah, it's and I'm not necessarily blaming him on the quickness of the fight because a good head kick to anyone would pretty much knock him out. But it's more that even for the time. That was the fight, even though it was so quick. It didn't seem like he was going to put up a better fight than last time, just from the get-go. Yeah. And I mean... Usman, you could have seen it coming just from a little bit further away, just from his past couple of fights, that he is getting the older fighter, you know, starting to lose their step. But Volk was for the belt again. But what I liked is I think Usman has a better style of fighting for that older fighter, fighter resurgence. He's a little bit more patient. He's more of a counterpuncher. Volk is like just like an angry pit bull sometimes that just wants to charge at you. And that's why Volk is one of the most exciting fighters out there. But he's also, you know, he's lost a step. And we saw it because, I mean, we I don't think we've ever seen Volk get slept like that where he was just almost unprepared for a head kick and uh, it was weird to see but Usman made it close at least it was a split decision went the distance yeah because he he got beat the first round I mean so easily the second round it was a fight and that that third round he fought like a smart fighter he controlled the pace he controlled the round and was able to come out on top Um, and that's why I think Usman is more geared towards that style of fighting where you have that longer career and you can stick around in the game a little bit longer. For Makachev, you know, just at least sing the graces of the guy who has the belt. What Volk was probably prepared for was the ground the ground game because that's what he's known for. And to go with a high head kick is something he probably didn't even think he would try and throw, especially yeah. that early in the fight. Now, kudos for... St- you know, swinging it and making the connection. Way to be. But for Volk to just barely put up a fight in the seconds that were before that, or look like he was ready for anything at all, you know, because when you get a high head kick, 
most of the time you can see them start to try and defend it or see if it's common, but Volk seems slow. He had his hands down. Yeah. He, like, he was so unprepared, he thought it was a bluff kick, probably. Yeah. At least that's what it looked like. Especially the with- head kick just seemed like it was unprepared. And it does raise concerns. I agree with you, Liam. And I think that Bulk is going to be just fine in his own weight class, but this kind of shows how difficult it really is to go up a weight class. And Absolutely, like yeah. That. I mean, we've seen a lot of fighters fail at that. How many, how many have we seen succeed? You have McGregor that succeeded, Nunes who succeeded. Uh, who else? There was. There's four... Uh, oh, maybe John Jones? Double title holders. I could look it up. But anyway... The, the problem is, is like, people now, when you win your division and, like, sweep it, now they think, oh, it's time to move up, which is a good idea. You just don't understand. Ten pounds, and being used to that ten pounds is a real challenge. And I think it's a, the punches get heavier or the, or the speed gets faster. Like, so we had Nunez McGregor, sorry to cut you off, Nunez McGregor, Cormier did it at light heavyweight and heavyweight. And then the last one is Sawudo, actually, who did it at flyweight and bantamweight. But you're looking at, uh, but you're looking at Hall of Famers, and don't get me wrong. I think Volk and soon to be Makachev will be Hall of Famers, but soon to be is a little jump in the gun for Makachev. He's, there's still a lot of fighting left for him. Makachev's yeah. still really young, yeah, at least for the fight. But it it does raise concern that not raise concern. It does embellish the fact of how difficult it is. It really shows that it is. It's what well, it's. Why it's only four people have done it. Yeah. It's such a difficult mark to reach. And I feel like it's not that big of a loss for Volk. I think the loss... You don't think? I think the loss hurts Usman more because it's another loss. This guy was the best fighter. I mean, for Volk, it's another loss. Volk lost in a battle for the best fighter in the entire sport. He lost to the now best fighter in the entire sport twice. That's not as big of a deal as the former best fighter in the entire sport, to lose to not one of the known best fighters yeah. in the sport. That's but, really concerning. But also, we Smyth saw... is on the rise, but it's still... Now, you're not as good as guys on the rise anymore. That is also a guy that was fighting in your weight class not too long ago. Uh, he moved up a weight class, He right? did. Okay, so what we usually see when people move up a weight class is they get bullied on the ground a lot. But they're still a little bit of a step faster because they don't have that extra weight. And how did he get beat? Because he looked a step slower, even going up a weight class. I'm telling you, dominance in the sport switches on a dime. And he looks slow against Makachev. Even going up a weight class. And Makachev should have probably just bullied him on the ground. He weighed more. He was a bigger guy. But Volk lost on the feet to a head kick... Which really shows that, I mean, the second you lose a step, you're, you're finished. The good news for both of them is they can hide behind the excuse of I only had two weeks notice. But True, true. But you, I mean, you can't, really you can't argue that. Yeah. I think if Bull comes back and dominates the division, he'll, he just needs to become the greatest, what is it, flyweight? Or is, it, uh, is he a featherweight or a flyweight? He's a featherweight, right? No, feathers is smaller than fly. He's flyweight. Because um, Bantam is O'Malley now, but he just needs to be the greatest featherweight. featherweight. He needs to be the best featherweight to ever be because he can. He can out. Who who else is the better featherweights of all time? Yeah, you could argue McGregor, but really, I think Volk's better than that. Who else is there? 
Uh, you could ma- Max Holloway, but he's better than Max Holloway. He beat him three times. Frankie. Frankie. Connor. I I'd say it's Volk right now. Jose Aldo. Aldo, yeah, there you go, there you go, Aldo. But st- still Aldo, but become better than Aldo, and just kind of like he could be easily the greatest featherweight of all time with his fighting style. But he keeps trying to go up, and I feel like when people go up, their careers start to struggle. Like look at Adesanya ever since he went up to fight. Uh, Jan Bohovic. True. He's been struggling. A lot of fighters did that. Look at McGregor when he went up. He won his fight. He won the double belt. But how many fights has he won since then? I think one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's when you get handed that loss, something changes. I don't know what it is. I think that is true. I think it's a consistent, uh, It's a cons- uh, what is it? What's the right word? Streaky sport. Oh, it's definitely a streaky sport. Like you need to have the it, and then once... Uh, a pu- hey, one punch that hits you on the ground could forever change you in oh, general. Yeah. For, forever in general. Not even in the sport. Just in life. Yeah. Never forget a time you get punched and knocked out regardless. Yeah. So. Or if you get well, hit in the back of the head and fighting a couple of your friends in some park just because. You might actually forget it. Yeah. But <laughs> you won't forget that it happened. Fair. But I think that's that was really interesting. But the better win, the better win is pretty close because Makachev has solidified himself as the best fighter pound for pound. By a lot now. But yeah, I, Chimaev I mean, almost has earned himself a title. See, fight. we have a lot of new champions right now. So what's going to be key for that is going to be consistency with all these new champs. We also need to see uh, Makachev, even though it's not his fault. He needs to fight. Um, I think he just needs to fight another guy. Because he's only fought Oliveira and Islam. No, sorry. Oliveira and Volk in the last, like, what, two years? Yeah. feels like. So he needs to fight someone else. Yeah, and Oliveira is, uh, in my opinion, not that guy. And I don't. Uh, Volk moving up a weight class is also. I want to see him fight Gaethje. I would love to see that. Gaethje or Chandler? Chandler would be crazy against yeah. uh, Islam. Any of those, either of those two guys. I mean, Poirier you could throw in there too. Uh, Poirier, Any three of those guys. Poirier would be so boring though. I'm not a big Poirier guy, but I love I love Chandler. Just and throw I, Chandler in there and Gaethje's see if right possible. up there with him. He's just a lot of fun. See if he can find a way, man. But he's busy. Trying to fight McGregor in a couple months, right? Yeah. I, if that even happens. It's going to be a fun one, though. That'd be such a good fight. Yeah. I, I low-key would hope that he wins so he can fight Makachev. I would also hope so, just because... I'm done Although with it. I love McGregor... I'm done with it. I'm not done with it, but I, I would rather see the new guard win than the old guard. This way, my new favorite fighter can carry it on. My, my thing is, I'm just over it. It's just, it's always will he, won't be. Every single fight yeah, thing is what's... Yeah, yeah. Can we can we just move on? And he's got so many personality issues. It, it does make it hard for us to root why, for him. Why? What? Why have I feel like John Jones has been the more consistent recently? Than, <laughs> that's saying something. That's bad. If I know that's what really John bad. Jones is doing, but don't know what McGregor's doing, it's a problem. Um, but that's crazy. But the fights were the fights were okay. It wasn't the best UFC event I've ever seen, but it wasn't the worst. Yeah, but I think that's what we expected. Yeah, that is kind of what we expected. I think a bulk one would have been an iconic one, but that's what it would have required. Sorry. So we're gonna move into a new game this week. Now, this game is gonna be called Ben's poem. We have not approved this, nor even heard of this until right now. This can be described in one word: listen. Something I'm not entirely sure you two know how to do. All I ask is when I'm done, you guys give me your instant reactions, okay? So I'm going to read a poem, 
Oh, this can only go poorly. <laughs> this can only go poorly. You have to stay quiet. Oh, I'm going to hurt your feelings. You have to stay quiet. <laughs> you have to stay quiet. Okay? All right, ready. You're in Sina Talk, saying this darn aren't you? No. Okay, yeah, you are. All right, this is my poem. The AF- Speak up. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, ready? The AFC, he- the AFC East has been such a treat. The Bills have Allen, who throws so neat. The Finns and Hill are so darn fast, wish some of them would be on the Pats. The Jets lost A-Rod, but keep hanging on. This whole division reminds me of some thing. A historic team with so much hype. Fallen to nothing seems like there's no fight. No offense to help. The Yanks and the Pats puts them thinking about their past. Then there's the team that got the young stars. So much belief the ring will be ours. Then they crash and burn to end their year, but nobody notices. It's the same thing every year. Allen and the Bills and Vladdy and the Jays, so much potential, but it's always the same. So much young talent and so much speed, looks like they can run past any team they see. With all their offense so young and new, then it comes to the playoffs, something they're not used to. We all know one day that they will win, but not yet, O's and Finns. Now there's the team with all the pieces coming together when new heights they're reaching. But quickly they turn and crash and burn, and now there's, now there's many questions that raise and concern. But you can't count them out as much as you wish. Tampa and Jets, their team is now a quick fix. You see, all, you see this is all as crazy and nuts, but the American East are as good as blank. <laughs> Did you just write that? Yeah. Dude, the whole thing? Yeah. I forgot to make it. <laughs> I wrote it during the pod. All right, but you had the idea had the already idea. hatched. I had the idea. That was still really good. That was still really good. It was well done. Yeah, even good. if you were cooking beforehand, that would have been good. And you... There were some good rhymes, some some good themes there. He had uh, bars. He did. He did. I, my only personal critique is when you rhymed year with year. But other than that, I think you did pretty You're good. You're kidding me. I, I had to find one thing. I had to find one thing. <laughs> he just, dude, he just spit an entire song at us. Yes. And you go, well, let's let's hold on. It wasn't that good, okay? No, he rhymed year with year. After it was like, it was 20 lines of poem. No, I've, for writing it halfway through the show, very well done. Do you agree with my take, though? I think the I don't know yeah, what it was great. Was, I need to reread. Yes, it. isn't that interesting? Though? Yeah, it was awesome. The... the O's and Finns one was great. The O's and that Fins was one my was favorite good. one. That yeah. was really good. It's the Yanks and Pats was pretty good, and then yeah. the what was it? The Jays and the Bills. Yeah, every year. Yeah, it's the same thing. And then the quick fix with the Rays and the Jets. The Rays and Jets. They yeah, that was great, dude. They reminded me of the teams. The only one I couldn't fit Just in Boston. is Red Sox, but there's no Red Sox team in the AFC East anyway, so I was like, hey, And yeah. you couldn't find a run for Sox? No. Oh, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in, but do you agree with that these teams are kind of similar in a way, and the divisions kind of go in the exact same, because we thought... I do have one, one question, would be though. The best division. How is this a game? Oh, it's just for it's just to change it up a little bit. Okay, yeah. all right. I mean, it was good, so I can't. I, I think can't we could have called it a different segment and just said not a game, but just because. What, what do we call it? Ben's poems? <laughs> that he has to keep doing poems. 
<laughs> we actually had a conversation not over an hour and a half ago about how we about... can't write poems. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then he, he knew he was doing this. He was baiting us. Did you know you were doing this? I knew I was doing this, but yeah. But you had no idea during this. Was the... written, this, this idea was written down about uh, 48 hours ago. I, on a Sunday night, I was like, I'm going to do this poem. You're going to you're gonna have to send me a copy to, of that. Because I thought to myself... I might tweet the whole thing. It's in the doc, by the way. Um, did you read the doc beforehand? I, I did read that he was going to do a poem. But no, and another, you didn't want to warn me. There's another doc. There's another doc. Okay. So, the um, what do you call it? So I was reading. You have access to the doc as well. You could have read it too. Yeah, but we were talking about it, and I didn't. <laughs> I forgot. I didn't, I didn't read it this week. <laughs> <laughs> but, Prepared as always. But I feel like the AL East and the MLB and the AFC East and the uh, NFL are very similar in a way. Because you had so much, the Patriots and Yankees are always hyped up. You're always thinking, oh, they're, they're like, look at me. Like I thought both the Yankees and the Patriots would be so good, and they just crashed and burned pretty quickly. And the Jays and the Bills, they're so much talent. Every year, you're like, this team could do it. They could win it all, and then they kind of just do okay in the postseason. And then you got, then <laughs> yeah, it's pretty similar. <laughs> I, I, it was a it was a good poem. Uh, this isn't me bashing. It was a poem. great poem. It was really like it was really well done. But this just kind of reminds me of like you're just an English teacher who gave us a poem to break down. Like this is our homework assignment. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What? What does this poem mean? <laughs> yeah. But what I, did he mean when he rhymed year with year? Oh my god. <laughs> I love that. That's your biggest takeaway. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that was Ben's poem. And honestly, it took me way too long to understand what you were doing while I was listening to dude, it. Dude, because I was like, oh, it's a fun riddle, dude. I can't wait to answer it. And then, dude, when you said, who does this remind you of? I was like, let's think. Uh, I got to give him an answer quick. And then you just started going again. And I was like, oh, this is not what we're doing. This and, is not our second. every pause, I kept thinking, okay, is that it? No. No, okay, okay, there's more. <laughs> no, once after that first pause, I got it. Yeah. I'm glad our feeble minds were able to wrap around the concept of Ben doing poetry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just become you guys just reacting to the fact that I just did a poetry <laughs> But we're going to move it's on. It's not a poetry thing. It's a poem. We're going to move on to the, <laughs> to the final question. The NBA season is beginning very soon. Who do you guys think is going to be the most exciting team or player? And what do you think is going to surprise us this starting NBA season? I really just want to watch my Vinyama. If I'm being honest. Oh man, that's gonna be fun. He's looked so good in preseason. Have you have you seen the, the one clip of... where he dunked on the Heat? Yes. Yeah, and, and it looked cartoonish. And then I think it was Thomas Bryant was just like, I don't know how to guard that. Like on the court, he just shrugged and was like, I, I good luck. Because he's just so big. Yeah. And once he jumps up, he, what 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 are you gonna do? How do you stop him? Injure him. That's the only way. If he gets injured, which is somewhat likely because of his frame. That's the only way. Maybe you put Chet against him. Yeah. If that kid... Yeah. If, if he puts on, like, muscle weight and bulks up a little bit... Yeah. It's he over. will be a problem. Yep. It's over if he bulks up. I. It's just over. Who's guarding him? The only thing he can do is back him down, but it doesn't matter because he'll... He's just Slenderman gonna... arms will yeah. <laughs> take it down. It doesn't matter. See how the Mavs were preparing for him? They had a guy with two... Um, what are they? Like, those, like... Pads a lot of teams push, do that, though. That you push on... Um, yeah. 
in football, but like with arms. Just holding them up. So yeah. High. A lot of teams do that, though. I was like, Jeez and Crow. Jeez and, Jeez and Crow. Crow. That's two Jeez and Crows on this podcast. Yeah. But, hey, um, we're still down from last week, so I can't necessarily yeah. complain that much. I'm yeah. most excited for. I'm most excited for the Bucks. I just I can't wait to see what Dame does. I can't wait to see if it works. But I'm also excited for the Suns to see if that works too. I, I'm going to be you know very biased here. I don't. I want to see if the Miami Heat can still go on a deep playoff run. And this loaded East is more loaded than we've ever seen. But we keep seeing Miami do Cinderella run after Cinderella run. Like four years now. I want to see if they can do it again. This is the least likely shot I've ever had with the Heat. Yeah, I agree. I think the West is going to be just as interesting too. Between the Nuggets, Lakers, Warriors, and the Suns. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. Seeing Dame on a different team is going to be crazy. And I don't know. CP3 See, I on think, the Warriors? I think the deadline this year is also going to go crazy. Because we see a lot of... The past couple of years, we've seen less super teams. There were a lot of teams that could compete. Now we've got some super teams. Yeah. Which means the deadlines are going to go crazy. Sellers are going to sell. Buyers are going to buy. And there's going to be more... There's going to be more, you know, teams that are bulking up. Picks are going to go crazy. Yeah. I mean... Picks and prospects, and yeah, it's going to be a fun deadline. It's, That's just the early prediction. They but. sell picks like it's going out of style in the NBA. Well, the picks don't matter as much in the NBA because outside of the top, I mean, I want to say 10, but you could even say 5. It's all a guessing game. I mean, any player could develop and any player could bust. Yeah. You get your, you know... Even the so, draft I always go, the, same thing. the draft I always go to is like the... The John ja Morant Zion Williamson draft, because it was John ja Morant and Zion Williamson and everyone else. Really, the only two picks that really mattered and the only were one, one and two. And the only one that really mattered now is just John ja Morant, which but, is also problematic too. Yeah, and might end up none of them were good. But I mean, what you have to do with those late picks is you have to be a team that drafts good and supports their players on the court. That's, I mean, if you can develop players, your draft picks don't matter as much. Yeah. Because you don't you don't ever want to have a one or two pick. Yeah, because all the pressure is you want to keep it. Yeah. Or you want to sell it and get the right trade out of it. But I'm really excited to see how the Lakers do because I think this is like one of the final years we'll see LeBron at his dunking days and like not before the. We always say that, but I just feel like this might be the last year. Is he a top 25 player still right now? I think so. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah he is. Until until he very clearly is not, he is. I might even throw him in a top 20. If he's if we're taking injury out of the question and he could play a full year, he might be a top 20 player. Might I mean, I, it, that's not a sign of slowing down to me. If I, you're a top 20 player at his age... He can play till he's 50. I'm rooting for him this year. I'm rooting for Thunder first, but I'm rooting for him this year. I know it sounds like bandwagon a little I bit. I just, but I don't like the Lakers and I don't like AD. I, I just, I want to see LeBron. I want to see the GOAT. I do too. I want to. I want to see him live, by the way. I want to see him live before he retires. Yeah. That's something I'm, I'm willing to yeah. spend extra money. And I want to see him before his retirement year because I know it's going to be possible. But with the NBA, I mean, you go to a game and you spend all that money and then they could just not play. Well, they changed the rules. Yeah, to they changed the, the rules. Of... But they, I mean, I, I, it just I, means I, that they both can't sit out on the same night. Yes, I, I understand that. But it just means the odds are a little bit higher. Yeah, I don't know. 
I feel like when they come to town, you go to one. If he doesn't play, you do it one more time. And if not, then the NBA really needs to fix their problem. With... <laughs> I guess it, it happens. It, it is a serious problem. It is a serious problem. Makes no one want to go. Yeah. Because what's the point? They're not going to be playing. Just watch on TV. And there's so many games. Like, the game you go to doesn't really matter. Exactly. What do you mean? Every game is a must-win It's a, all game. a must-win. It's a must-win Every win game, game is, you have to win. There's all not 162 right. games in all this. All right, locks and upsets time. Let's get into it. Liam, do you have your locks and upsets ready? What do you think? Rob, do you have your locks and upsets ready? Of course. Rob, what's your lock today? My lock of the week. Friday, 8 o'clock. Game one of the World Series. Texas Rangers over the Philadelphia Phillies. You're saying it has to be the Phillies? Has to be the Phillies. I love it. All right. Wow. Another potential L because the game never happened. All right. The game Liam? never happened. Liam, are you ready? Hey, I got mine correct last week. Yeah, yeah. he's been cooking, dude. He's been cooking. Liam, do you have yours? Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> I'm taking my my Miami Heat in their first game. Over the Detroit Pistons. All right. Um, I have. Are you guys ready for this one? I have my boy Ricardo Petrakov over Ross Smith in the European Dark League. Tell me about Ricardo Petrakov. This guy can sling it right at the bullseye, dude. I'll tell you what. Absolutely amazing right hand throw. Actually, I have here. Uh, I just pulled up his stats. He's a lefty. Uh, how can you explain that? He can throw ambidextrous. Okay. Well, there you have it. All right. What's your guys' sense? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That was... Uh, my upset of the week, I have the Steelers beating the Jaguars on Sunday. Yeah. You know what's crazy? The Steelers looked so bad to start the year, but they're 4-2, I think. Yeah. Steelers are... Wow. Death taxes and the Steelers being above 500. Give me the Rams over the Cowboys. Rams over the Cowboys? Yeah, give it to me. Here, it's all yours. I'm in a money-making mood. I got... You two are the ones who went with... What, what was yours the other week? Um, uh, Premier League Soccer? Yeah, Premier League Soccer. Oh, no, soccer. last week it was... Uh, he just the went world... with tennis. No. And you went... went with the World Cricket Cup? Yeah, World Cup of Cricket. And... I mean, dude, India was playing. India's I understand nasty, that. dude. They smacked That's them, the... Bro. But I mean, that's. Do you know what they a wicket them, is? Dude. I know. Twenty-nine wickets. I. Uh, you think crazy? I don't know this? You think I don't know this? Crazy, dude. We need to talk more about cricket. Describe yeah. what a wicket is. Dude, I'm not gonna get into the intricacies. <laughs> so my, my my upset of the week. I have the Browns beating the Seahawks. And the Browns are the Seahawks. I think. Okay. I think that defense will destroy Geno Smith, Loki. We would like to thank you all for listening. You can follow us on our socials at Deer Hall Heroes. You can also email us through DeerHallHeroes at gmail.com. Message us and let us know what you think about the topics we discuss. Or take it your own. Listen to us on most platforms where you get your podcast. Thank you, Liam. And Rob, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Next week we're breaking down the Cricket Cup. This is, uh, yeah. this is a must-win podcast. I'm glad we got to go. Wicked!